0: And I would say the parent should never get involved in the technical and the tactical. That is the coach's job. Um, The parent uh, shouldn't get involved to some extent in the physical. And then, yes, our job should be the champion of the mental and help them feel confident, not beat them down, but help them feel confident, help them inspire them, help uh, motivate them, uh, find happiness and enjoyment in the sport um you know help them you know pick themselves pick them up when they when they've had a setback that's our job as a parent
1: this is mom squad pod your weekly update on tips tricks and all things parenting with maureen kyle hi everyone thanks so much for joining us on the Mom Squad pod, where we talk everything parenting. And I think this topic will speak to a lot of parents out there as you start to get your kids in sports, and especially as they start going back to sports this fall. We're talking about how to be a good sports parent. There's a lot of nuances to this. And joining me today is Dr. Sam Munyar, sports psychologist and founder of the Center for Peak Performance. And Dr. Sam, thank you so much for being with us. I feel like you are the, the go-to expert with all of the athletes that you work with from high school to college and professional. I'm sure you've seen it all when it comes to the psychology behind
0: sports. Certainly I've seen a lot. Um, I don't know if I've seen everything, but, uh, but yeah, yes. thanks for having me.
1: This will be fun because I think that as parents, watching our kids from the sidelines brings out a lot of emotion and it's something... I didn't personally expect when, you know, my oldest who was five joins, or I think she started on a soccer team when she was four. And I found myself like, hey, make sure you're paying attention. Make sure you're running over there. You know, and I'm like coaching from the sidelines and I know that that I'm being a bad sports parent. Why do we get so emotionally involved and what does it bring out in us?
0: Yeah, you know, I I think, um, I think we've, first of all, we've all done it. So cut yourself some slack, including okay, me. I am not the best sports parent all the time either. Um, I do think we recognize when we're doing something that's probably not right. I think the majority of people do recognize that, but um, you know, I think it happens for a variety of reasons. Probably, you know, one of the main is that we we want the best for our kids. And so it's coming from a good place. And you know, um, we don't want our kids to fail, and we want to su- want them to succeed, and and uh, you know, not go through the heartaches that we went through. And so, I think a lot of it's coming from a good place—is trying to avoid pain and suffering for your kids and having them do the right thing. I think if it goes too far, I think there's a point where parents start to live vicariously through their kids, um, and that's extremely unhealthy. You know, then then you know, then I think you have to ask yourself you know, what, 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 why, are, why are you doing what you're doing? And why is your kid participating in the sport? And what's that really about?
1: So how can you tell the difference between when it's, you know, just love for your child and wanting them to learn the life lessons that come with sports and then the slippery slope of living vicariously through them?
0: Well, I think, you know, uh, lo- losing your cool is probably a-, a good warning sign. I think when it affects your mood the, the performance of your child, if it starts to affect your mood and your day is ruined and, um, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, it's like some of us when the Browns win or lose or, you know, or, um, you know, if, if that starts to happen, you're probably too involved. It's a game, especially at this age.
1: I, I, so at home, um, parents, you know, I feel like we, we are kind of side coaches at home, you know, helping our kids with, okay, you got to prepare, you got to make sure you're eating healthy. What are some of the mistakes do you think that parents make, um, you know, when a kid's, I, I think you could run the gamut here. When a kid starts out with a sport, when a kid is getting involved in a sport, when a kid is, you know, has the ups and downs of a sport, what do you think are some of those mistakes? And then where, where can we really shine?
0: You know, I think the biggest, I mean, if I was to generalize one of the biggest mistakes, it's just talking too much and saying, saying too much. Um, if you think about why kids start to in- get in- interested or involved in sports, it's because it's fun. It's because they're with their friends, um, you know, and and I'm assuming the majority of, of your listeners, you know, have, you know, kids in, you know, sports that are not professional athletes here. So, um, you know, I, I think talking too much and taking taking the fun away is is one of the the biggest mistakes that that I think uh, parents make. Um, you know, trying to solve it for them. Uh, I think as a generation, I think we we've kind of succumbed to this. Um, the best example I could give you is: Would you sit in the back of your child's math class and? Start barking out, "Hey, don't forget to carry the one when you, you know, and, and bring it over to the tens column, and you know, and things like that." No, of course we would never do that, and so we're essentially doing that on the sports field, and and I argue that the math is probably more important than than the sport. So um, if if we're not going to do it for an academic subject, uh, why in the world would you think it's okay to do um, in a sport? So I think um, you know, when in doubt, shut your mouth. Um, Uh, You know, I think it's okay to maybe ask some open ended questions Mm -hmm. if you're trying to help them develop some insight. Um, But, you know, I think a lot of it should be around, you know, and certainly not accusatory questions, nothing that starts with the question why, Um, you know, so, um, you know, uh, the research is pretty clear. The one thing that kids love to hear or want to hear after a game is I loved watching you play Um, and that's it. And and kids will tell you, research again is clear, they'd rather have their grandparents come to a game than their parents, because the grandparents are unconditionally positive. Um, And they're just excited to be there. And no matter how the kid does, they love it and have fun. And they're proud of them. The parents, mm, sometimes we get a little too involved. And again, it's about winning and losing. And, you know, it's as though, you know, my value is based upon my child's performance on the baseball field or on the soccer field or, or whatever sport it might be yeah. so um I think saying less uh is, is certainly important um and trying you know to try, try to let them solve so, sort things out and solve solve things for themselves
1: yeah. you bring up such a great point of between I feel like the math analogy is awesome because I, there is and I'm not playing devil's advocate here but you know we as parents have to help them with their homework when they do bring yep. the math home so we are yep. there kind of you know, helping them through some of those math problems, maybe not in the back of the classroom. So then, you know, is your point, too, that at home, it's the psychological, because we all know sports, I grew up in a sports family. And I would say, you know, a part of it is skill, but a big part of it is the psychology behind what the players thinking, how they're feeling, you know, what's being said to them, and, and the momentum of the team, and we've all seen it play out in sports. Yeah. So our homework, maybe as parents, is the psychological aspect, would you say? Yeah, I,
0: think, I think for sure. I think that's a great way to put it. I think that's, that's a big part of our kind of our responsibility as parents, you know, so I like to break performance down into four buckets or four pillars. You've got the physical. So that would be things like strength and flexibility and recovery, um, stretching, nutrition, hydration. And I'd say, you know what, as parents, Uh, We do have a responsibility to help our kids there. You know, my kids are not the greatest healthy eaters. And so I try to help them make better choices. But at the end of the day, it's them and it's their performance. But, you know, so sure. Then there's the technical and that's the technique related to a sport. You know, it's uh, the proper form, follow through, uh, et cetera. Then there's the tactics of kind of what the coach is trying to accomplish, philosophically, how to play a certain position, knowing the time, knowing where you are on the field, knowing the opponent and what they're trying to do and stopping them. And then there's the mental. And I would say the parent should never get involved in the technical and the tactical. That is the coach's job. Um, The parent uh, shouldn't get involved to some extent in the physical. And then yes, our job should be the champion of the mental and help them feel confident, not beat them down but help them feel confident, help them, inspire them, help uh, motivate them, uh, find happiness and enjoyment in the sport, um, you know, help them, you know, pick themselves, pick them up when they've, when they've you know, had a setback. That's our job as a parent. So I love how you put that. I, I do think the mental component and a little bit of the physical is, is kind of the responsibility of our of parents.
1: So it's so easy to help a child when they're, you know, the number one on the team and their team's winning all the time. It's great to, you know, be in that position where that makes the job easy. How would you recommend that parents help a child through the, the downtimes, the, you know, the times that they lose, the times that maybe they didn't score that point, or, you know, how do they become a, a good loser and learn from those lessons?
0: Yeah. So I think that that's, so that's a great question. Um, I, again, I, I think, uh, you know, when, when you think about pressure, you know, which is something that we equate with sports, a lot of times pressure comes from trying to control things that are out of our control. And so, you know, when, when you mentioned, um, you know, not scoring or something like that, Score is out of our control. And so I would encourage your listeners and your, the parents who are listening to, to, to not focus on those types of things. Don't Try not to focus on statistics. I know the whole world does, um, but um, try to focus on what is in your child's control. And, and so when my kids were younger, uh, we focused on attitude and efforts. And I actually would write an A on the one hand and an E on the other. And sometimes in the game, I would just hold up a hand just as a reminder, or I would give a thumbs up and hold up a hand like, yeah, you're doing really good with, you know, you know. it was a silent thing. Nobody knew what the heck we were even communicating with. Um, and then at the end, you know, if they were interested in talking, which you kind of have to read the, car, read the car, I'd say read the room, but it's usually a car ride, right? Um, and then we would talk about, all right, hey, what do you think, you know, how would you rate yourself one to 10 in, in attitude today? And, 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 oh, eight, really? okay, you know, what do you think are the things you did really well that led to an eight that you want to keep doing next time? And, um, you know, are you, are you, are you satisfied with an eight? And if the answer is yes, great. If the answer is no, I'd like to be a nine or a 10. Okay. So what do you think there, you might need to do a little more of, or a little less of, or something different to get from an eight to a nine next time. And again, you're just asking questions. You're not giving them the answers, but again, you have to read the room, um, you know, uh, sometimes we just suffocate our kids after a sporting event and they don't even want to talk about it. Right. Um, or maybe they're not that affected by it. Maybe they're, they're cool with it. Right. And yeah. so knowing your kid and, and reading the situation is really important. But, but I think parents, um, you know, if, if the kid is interested in improving, um, help them focus on the controllable aspects of their performance and help them come up with ways to uh change improve uh repeat when it comes to the technical and the tactical that's where you want to involve your coach um you know if if they're you know if they're not getting playing time because of you don't maybe you don't know or maybe it's because of their performance and you know then, then it's a conversation that you have with your child and their coach and if they're if the kid is 14 15 and older that's a conversation your child needs to have with their coach without you um, but if they're younger than that, yeah, you know, you kind of have the conversation together again, not accusatory, no wise, um, but uh, hey, you know, hey, you know, could you give you know my child some tips on what they could do better, you know, maybe two or three things, and then and then how I could help them practice those things at home, um, certainly. But again, every kid's different, and you know, you have hopefully you know, who knows our kids better than us, right? Ho- hopefully. Um, and so uh, you have to know your kid and and and, and read their body language and, and know whether it's something they even want.
1: I want to get your take on this because um, I know growing up, and I don't feel like I'm that old. I mean, we're not talking hundreds of years ago. We're talking about not a couple decades ago, we were um, just different when it came to approaching sports. Like you you kind of tried out teams in like six seventh grade and maybe you made them. And if you're good enough, you know, you probably got a spot on the high school team, but now it seems like kids are starting at age three, four, and five. And I think of soccer specifically, like in my family, we were putting our kids in, I, mean, I just helped coach and <laughs> I've never played soccer. I helped coach a two and a half year old soccer team. And you know, I, I think a lot of parents in my phase are, are talking about like, is this good? Are we setting them up for success. Is there a lot of pressure now to start super early and be good early and make those club teams and those sports teams? What do you think of this trend? Like, is it is it good for athletes? Is, are there some pressures that maybe kids aren't old enough for? What do you think?
0: So I think it can be good for kids. Um, it, you know, the, the, the life lessons from sport. I mean, the reason you know, I've chosen to spend my career working in sport is because of those life lessons that, that we learn from sport. I think, uh, you know, they stay with us for, for forever and they can affect, they can help us socially, they can help us professionally, they can help us in, in so many ways, but that's assuming that it's it's done correctly, right? And and so at that age, at those young ages, it should never, you know, scores should not be kept, Um you know, and the coaching should be very loose and minimal. Um, they, they're out there for exercise, for hanging out with their friends. It's it's kind of an extended recess really is how I would look at it, right? And so coaching should be minimal. Uh, coaching should be age appropriate. The practices, if there are practices, should be very um, short. Um, a good rule of thumb with practice like this, it should be no longer than your game length. So if the games are 30 minutes, your practices should probably only be 30 minutes. I mean, from an attention span, you know you can't do that it has to be fun it has to have you know play games like you can play sharks and minnows and you know in a soccer practice right um that would be fun right um and and maybe you're tricking them a little bit into learning a little bit about the game and um you know when you're when you're first learning how to trap the soccer ball you can talk about you know squashing the ball like it's a little bug you know and you know so so it takes the right person and the right coach but you know um it just depends on the environment and it depends on your kid. Not every, just like not every kid is ready to start kindergarten at age five. Um, now society pressures us to do that. You know, it takes the rare parent that says, "Mm, my kid's not ready. I'm going to hold them back a year. Um, not every kid is ready to play sports at age five. Um, you know, but, but it can be good. And there are, there are a lot of good. And, and as a society, you know, I was reading that you know, our our obesity rate is over 40% in the United States. And so uh, why not start to teach them that you can have fun and exercise at the same time, and then get all the mood benefits and the health benefits from it. Not that we need to explain that. But but teaching, teaching those lessons, uh, or those patterns and those behaviors, I think great. So it it can be good, it should be good. um, But it's not always good because of you know, um, well-meaning coaches and parents that have gone too far.
1: And something else that parents struggle with too. And I think this is going to be a hot topic as you go throughout fall, all all of the, uh, you know, parent friends are going to be talking about, gosh, I've signed my kid up for this and this and this, and are multi-sports good for kids or are we overwhelming them? When can you tell that you, you've crossed that line or like, where's the benefit?
0: Yeah. So the research is very clear on this one. Multiple sports are the way to go when it comes to the physical health of your child, the emotional health of your child, their academic success, their career success later in life. Um, It's pretty clear. Those who play multiple sports do better. Um, Now, at what age is the question, right? So if your child is four years old, you know, maybe, maybe that's a bit much. Maybe not. I don't know. But Um, you know, I get worried when it's actually the singular sport year round. Um, You're using the same muscles over and over and again. You're not getting a break from that. Um, It can be, um, you know, it can become a drag. They could get bored, disinterested, lose their motivation. um, And it can lead to quitting, dropout, burnout, depression, um, et cetera. So um, now, the multiple sports, is it realistic to play on a competitive travel baseball team, a competitive club soccer team, and an AAU basketball team? You know, people do it, but that sounds excessive to me. So I think as the child is getting older, um, you know, into high school age, um, I think there probably needs to be a primary sport that maybe they play at a high level. And then there are some other sports not that they can't be at a high level but but it's understood those are more of the fun sports um or those are they're their cross training sports but up until high school age um i think multiple sports are are clearly beneficial um but that doesn't mean you have to play at the highest level of every sport either because i mean my my daughter plays in the girls' academy uh, in soccer, and so she has at age 12 she has three practices a week, and then games on the weekend could be anywhere from Minnesota to to Pennsylvania, Western New York, uh, North Carolina. That's a lot, right, for a 12 year old kid. And I question, mm, am I even doing the right thing here? So you have to read your kid and know you know what they want and. Um, and monitor that and then she's going to try to play middle school field hockey and middle school track too and and fortunately her coach encouraged that Um, you know and and so um, and I say hey if, if, if it does if your if your sport if your school doesn't suffer then let's do it I mean look you might be doing homework in the car we may not be having a ton of family meals together unfortunately during COVID what a great uh, benefit of COVID, right? right. We've had—I can't tell you the last time we've had meals together as a family um, until COVID came around, and then. Uh, but you know, if if the parents can handle it, um, and the kid can handle it, I do think multiple sports are beneficial. It's just does it have to be keeping up with the Joneses? That's that's what we have to stop and ask ourselves: Is it okay if they play wreck in in a sport? Or a, a, a sit for a city travel team instead of this club that travels all over the country. Even if your kid's good enough, is that the right thing?
1: You know, hard hard question. And since you're going through that and and watching your daughter go through this, do you think? And, and now that you know you, you've seen what comes down the road with professional athletes, etc. Do you think that this teaches younger kids to multitask and balance? Um, balance what they need to do throughout the day to get work done. I mean, is that a yeah. skill that, that's building?
0: Absolutely. Um, you know, so I'll use my son. He's going into his freshman year of high school. And as an eighth grader, he played on two soccer teams and ran middle school track and it forced him to stay ahead. You know, he had to use his weekend time to maybe get ahead in school. It forced him to use his study hall, per, you know, productively. Instead of goofing around. Now I'm not saying he was on task 100 percent of the time either. And there were times where um, we would go on a fun trip. And because you know he didn't know, he didn't do what he was supposed to do, he had to sit in the hotel room or something and do schoolwork. And that's the sacrifice. And and, and the kid has to be willing to make that sacrifice. So, yes, I think it teaches life skills for sure. But again, if it's leading to the kids not getting enough sleep, um, if, if you're seeing mood changes, behavior changes, you know, irritability, uh, if their academic uh, performance is suffering, well, th- then those are all warning signs that it, it's just too much. I mean, as a society, our kids do not sleep enough as it is. And if they're having to stay up till midnight, 11 o'clock at night to get homework done because they just went from one sport practice to the other, uh, that's too much
1: do you think there's any truth this phrase always comes up with friends when I'm talking to them and they look back and they're like well thank goodness I was on a team you know whatever the soccer team in high school it kept me out of trouble do you think getting kids involved in a sport and a team is there any truth based on that I know I'm lobbing this one at you but
0: um, yeah no can... no no you can lob away yeah. um I prefer <laughs> it that way actually so um you know, yes, there, there is, um, there's some, a lot of it depends on, um, you know, the research shows that a lot of it depends on the culture of the, the team itself. So, so, you know, hopefully middle school teams are not going out and partying and stuff like that. Right. But when we look at college teams, uh, the research shows pretty clearly that if, if the team culture is one of drinking or using other substances, um, and if the captains are doing that, then the team is more likely to engage in those, those behaviors. And so it can go either way. But yes, generally speaking, keeping our kids busy, um, you know, having a commitment and an obligation to others on the team does tend to lead to better life choices, let's just say, Um but again, that's generally speaking, a lot of it still depends on the parents. Um, a lot of it depends on their peer group. Um, but if, you know, but yes, I mean, w- when is their time to, to get into trouble? Now, the flip side is our kids don't have enough time to just be kids anymore either. Right. And so so if we fill their whole day with sports, uh, organized, structured sports, they don't get that unstructured, creative, free playtime like you know, when my, the, you know, I don't, maybe I'm, you know, have selective amnesia here, but I don't ever recall going up to my parents in the summer and saying, I'm bored, I'm bored. And man, I hear that all the time now, right? Like we would just go and play. We'd make up games. I'd, you know, and, and it was a different time. I get it. I could, I could ride my bike to my friend's house and my parents wouldn't even know where I was but they yeah. knew I'd be home, right? And I, you'd eat at whoever's house you were at and it was no big deal. I know it's a different world and you can't do that anymore uh, in some places in our country, unfortunately. But, but, um, but we didn't need parents to tell us what to do or give us ideas. And so I think we've taken some of that creative juice away from our kids too. So I don't know that filling up all of their time is the right answer either. That's a
1: great point. I do want to, before we we go here, I want to ask you about, because we started talking about being a good sports parent and being good on the sidelines. And I've also been part of situations where, you know, everybody's keeping their cool. They're not, they're not trying to coach from the sidelines, but then maybe there is that one parent that is really getting worked up. Maybe I've heard of situations of, you know, parents fighting with the refs and, you know, or, or arguing with the coach about their kids not getting enough playing time. So let's say you're part of this team and you see another parent being a not so great sports parent. What do you what do? You do? Do, you, do you, as the parent, step in and say something? What, what do you do in that situation?
0: Yeah, stepping in rarely results in a positive outcome. <laughs> I will say that, you know, I, I unfortunately... I I ingrained etched in my mind from when two experiences, when I was a kid and one as a coach, Um, I'll never forget. um, I played uh, baseball was one of the sports growing up and the parents got into a fight um, and they got cleared out and we got to play the playoffs with the parents in a car uh and it was amazing it was a wonderful experience you could hear yourself you could hear the the ping of the ball on the bat and we just played free and fun another um you know a parent was yelling and calling one of my teammates fat. and the parent walked across the field during the game and punched the other parent neither of those experiences ended well for the parents at least Uh, the one was great for the kids we got to play without the parent involvement but um I've also had a parent of one of my kids run across the field and get into an altercation and he got himself banned for life um you know so so those things never tend to end I shouldn't say never rarely turn out well um I think a good thing to do is remove yourself from the situation you know I will sometimes if there's a parent and here's a warning to you parents who might be listening and know me. If I start moving away from you, it's probably a warning sign that you're doing something that I, that I don't, you know, I don't want to be a part of. And so yeah. um, I'll, I'll just move. And even if it means you're not in the best vantage point, because my blood starts to boil and then it carries over into then I'm more hostile in what I'm saying. And, and and so, no, I have enough awareness and recognition to remove myself. So I'll go somewhere else. I'll go sit in the corner. Um I've tried some more, you know, probably more passive-aggressive things. Where I'll bring a video camera, to you know, you know, yes, it's not, it's not a sham. I am gonna, you know, record it and share it with the team. But I'll set up right next to that loud parent, and you know what? They're gonna hear themselves. They're gonna hear themselves on camera. Um, hopefully, that changes. Um, I try to role model. Again, I am not perfect. I slip up too, um, but I try to role model the behavior that I do, that I do want. Uh, other parents to demonstrate. Um, if you have to, I, I think this is a, a coach involvement thing. So I think if you have to, I think you involve the coach because I think here's the thing. If if parents are barking out, even if it's positive, if they're barking out instructions on the sideline, you are distracting your child. Um, they're not attending to the game. Um, and they're actually, you're pulling, you're changing the brain part of the brain that they're utilizing you know when we perform sports and we perform things that that we're good at that that are learned behaviors we're using a part of our brain called the motor cortex when you start barking out instructions and that motor cortex is very unconscious you're bringing things into their conscious brain their prefrontal cortex and that is not a good place to perform sports at it's 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 just a very analytical chunked sequential not fluid part of our brain and so you're distracting them and they're going to be more susceptible to injury. They're going to perform much less because they're not attending to the game. They don't learn how to anticipate what's about to happen. Cause they're over here, not to mention, they can't hear what their coach is telling them because now they're, and you know what? Nine times out of 10, what the parents telling them is the exact opposite of what the coach wants them to do. Um, you know? And, and lastly, they're not learning to solve it on their own um, and they're not having fun. I mean, you know, they don't want, no kid wants their parent over their shoulder criticizing what they're doing um, when they're, when they're out there having fun and just, just playing a game and and learning. And so, so, you know um, you know, parents, if you're listening, try to be quiet, try to focus on um, controllable behaviors. Again, my go-to are attitude and effort and uh, maybe communication. So, you know, if you want to use the acronym ACE, the right there you go. I just kind of think I just made that up as we were talking here. So, so, um, so, um, so I, I think, and then try, you know, maybe at a stoppage is when you say, Hey, you know, great. Yeah. I love, I love your attitude, you know, uh, um, love how you're supporting your teammate. The other thing you have to be aware of is, you know, some of us have louder and, and I'm guilty of this, voices or maybe more of a shrieking voice and even when you're saying positives it sounds like you're yelling right right. and and i you know and and i've coached club soccer and you know um you know one of my other coaches had to say hey um i know you're praising them but they think you're yelling at them right now and so you gotta watch your tone and 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 so um and and again because i know i'm guilty sometimes i'll volunteer i'm volunteering to to record my son's freshman soccer game this Friday because I know I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Yeah. Right. I'm not because I, I don't want anything on that <laughs> film. Right. And right. It, so if you're not willing to do it with a camera on you, why are you willing to do it when the camera's not on you? You know, it's not so the right true. Thing, Right.
1: Yeah. It's so true. It's such, <laughs> I love everything you just said because I mean, it really does put it in perspective about. You know how it affects the, the players and these are your kids you don't want them to be distracted by the the cheering that you think is going on and I right. and yeah, I think all parents should uh keep this in their back pocket and remember it throughout the season because it does it gets so hard when you have the emotions running high and you know you you really want everybody to succeed and then you just sometimes it, it just emotions overtake you I totally understand
0: <laughs> yeah I, absolutely I, I read an article where a, a teenage ref had the I mean I, I hope this is a true story but I, huh. I I read it but that doesn't mean it was true but but a teenage ref went up to the parents and said it was a soccer game and said no outcome of a soccer game has ever been determined by the parents coaching on the sideline. <laughs> Right? And, a, and I was like, wow, what, what an amazing teenager to have the gumption to go do that. Yeah. And what an amazing, insightful teenager to have that insight. And, Seriously. and it's, it's true, right? I mean, yeah. you're not going to change the outcome by what you said. Now, you may change it in the negative, but no I, one's going to win a game because of yeah. what the parents said on the sideline. You might lose a game because you distracted your kid, right. um, but you're certainly not going to oh, win a game.
1: yeah. Exactly. Well, Dr. Sam Munyard, thank you so much. This has been so great. I hope a lot of parents have taken away all sorts of nuggets and and we will have happier and healthier athletes as we go through the fall season. Thank you.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: And thank you to all of you who tuned into the Mom Squad Pod. You can catch us right back here next time. Thanks for listening to Mom Squad Pod with Maureen Kyle from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.